Hello and welcome to Fire Talk Radio. We're here this afternoon. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit. With subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Well, hello, hello. How is everybody today? It's a great day in God. God is doing marvelous things where we're glad, touching hearts and lives. I'd like to say a prayer for you, and then I'll give you some scriptures. And what we're liking to do, or what we will do, is the fact that we will teach the Word of God, then we will have communion at the end part of this time period. Okay? The Lord bless you. I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I bless those that listen right now. I thank you that you have an ear that hears the cry of your children. I thank you that you have a heart filled with compassion. Just when you, when you were on the earth, Lord Jesus, that you reached out to people with problems and needs. Father, we thank you that you allowed your son to go through punishment on the earth so that we would receive healing for our bodies. We thank you that you set us free, body, soul, and spirit. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that you give to your children. And we rejoice in that, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you take your Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. What we're dealing with today in specifics is an amazing word the Lord gave to me few years back and so as I was writing these words down it was amazing on the, the word itself this possibly when you give a title would be these are three words of destiny three words of destiny that will change you second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17 has encompassed these three words as we read now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, the three words I want you to circle, take a pen and circle these three words. Number, the one to circle is where, then you circle is, and then circle liberty. What we're talking about here, the first one is where, has to do with location, has to do with hearing has to do with instruction, has to do with receiving, has to do with understanding. The location is very important, where the Spirit of the Lord is. And is is the point of revelation. It's happening right now. Is is revelation. Revelation is believing, receiving, accepting, knowing, and walking in the very best that God has for us. Then, of course, the last one here, has to do with the fact of liberty means demonstration by doing the word. The location, when you think about the very word of location, has to do with the voice, the mind, and the spirit. Look in uh, Exodus chapter 3, we have an example of that. In Exodus 3, we have Moses. He's out in the, in the wilderness. He's already been running from Pharaoh thinking they were chasing him. And so he gets to this point, and he's been out there for a little while. He understands what the nature of the wilderness is, the desert, and how hot it is. And so God allows this particular situation to happen. As he goes and looks, he looks to see something very interesting. There's a fire burning. And the bush that is burning is not consumed. And he said, I will turn aside to see this wonderful thing. So God has to get our attention different ways. And God said to him, spoke to him very clearly, very strong, very wonderful, and said unto him, talking about how he needed to be turned into what God wanted him to do. He said, this is what you're going to say. You're going to say this word. You're going to do that. 
And as he came to that point in time, the angel of the Lord, this is verse 2, appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And behold, the bush burned with fire and was not consumed. Moses said, I'm going to turn aside and see this thing. And as he did, the Lord started speaking to him. He said, take off your shoes for the place you're standing is holy ground. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. So as we follow this, Moses, as he saw that burning bush, now he saw a lot of burning bushes in the desert because of the intense heat that would burn them from 120 to 150 degrees. That bush was not consumed, so it got his attention. So God uses things to get our attention. Moses said, I'm going to go see this great sight. And God told Moses exactly what to do. Amazing. Totally amazing. Then turn with me to Joshua chapter 6. In Joshua 6, we have close to the similar situation, but not with a burning bush, but again with an angel. In the 6th chapter of Joshua and in verse 10, we read these words. Joshua commanded the people, saying, You will not shout, make any noise, do this. You're going to do this and that. They told them exactly what they're going to do. And all these things that came to pass, all these things that were connected together, as God was speaking the same words to Joshua to take off your shoes, the place you're standing in the holy ground. And as he was speaking to him, told him exactly what to do, how to cause these things to take place. And so God spoke to Joshua the same way he did to Moses. And what power that was spoken there. And what the Lord is speaking and talking to. Uh, this, again, is over in, in the last part of the, the fifth chapter. And uh, he sees an angel. We call him the captain of the Lord. And verse 15, the captain of the Lord of hosts said unto Joshua, Take off your shoes, for the place you're standing is holy. The same word that he gave to Moses, he gave to Joshua. And was told exactly what to do. Now, several years back, I wrote this out, and the Lord spoke to me concerning the thing I'm going to tell you just for a minute here. Your obedience will unlock your tomorrow. Your obedience will unlock your tomorrow. Now, follow this a little closely here. Go over to the 14th chapter of the book of Joshua, and we have... Caleb. Caleb, you know what Caleb means? Actually, his name means in Hebrew, Caleb means boldness. <laughs> so when his mother brought him forth and called, his name shall be Caleb, she talked about boldness operating in the life of their family in the 14th chapter. And uh, this is so good, so powerful. Well, let's uh, start at about verse 10. 14 and verse 10. He goes on to say, and he says, Now behold, Lord, you've kept me alive for these 45 years since the Lord spake to the word of the Lord to Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. How old? 85. He was 85. And yet I'm as strong this day as I was the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was, even so is my strength now. For war, that means he wasn't going to, you know, going to have an easy life. He said, for war, and then he said, both to go out and to come in. What a word. Then he often said, then verse 12, he continues this, and he says, give me this mountain. Wherefore the Lord heard in that day, for thou heard the day of the the, the Anakims that were there, those are the children of the giants. That's what we're talking about. And the cities that were great, they were fenced. The Lord will be with me. I shall be able to drive them out. Joshua blessed him and gave Caleb, the son of Jephna, and from Hebron, for an inheritance. So in noticing this is an amazing thing, how that God specifically spoke to these men, how he spoke to Moses, how he spoke to Joshua, and how he spoke directly to Caleb. It's interesting that uh, in regard to that, Caleb said, 
give me the mountain where the giants are. Now, <laughs> some other people say, well, give me a mountain that doesn't have any giants. Give me a mountain that's got greenery. Give me a mountain that's got lots of trees. Give me a mountain with, the, you know, the milk and the honey flow. Caleb did not want an easy life. He said, with your power, I will be able to drive them out, the cities of the giants. Now, we look through the word of God, there were giants all the way through. That, that's when David killed Goliath. Goliath had four brothers. And we're going to see that in that. Notice that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we pick up with David. And David, he's there. He's out tending the sheep. And the prophet of God is coming over to his house. Apparently, David did not have an invitation even to come to the table. Because later on, Jesse starts parading his sons in front of the prophet, saying, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? Uh, we pick up with that story on the 16th chapter. And first, God speaks specifically to Samuel. He said, fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now, Jesse had seven sons. So all of the sons were seated around the table, ready to eat, and where was David? He was out taking care of the sheep. He had no invitation to the table. So all of the brothers passed before him, and uh, the one that everyone Samuel thought, wait a minute here, look at these sons, look at these men. And here was Eliab. That's his oldest brother, David's oldest brother. He said, surely the Lord's anointed is on him. He looks right. But the Lord said unto Samuel, don't look on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. But I, <laughs> he said, God, he looks on the heart. He looks on the heart. And that's where we are today, that God looks at our heart. He sees our heart. He, he knows all about us. He knows everything about us. That. So after these brothers had passed before the prophet of God, and listen to what Samuel says, verse 11. Samuel said, don't you have another child? Is there not a youngest one? Oh, said, yeah, the youngest one's out there taking care of the sheep. Verse 14. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send him, fetch him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. <laughs> That's a pretty powerful word. We will not even sit down until he's here. And he sent out and brought him in, and he was ruddy and with a beautiful countenance, goodly to look at. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. That means all his kinfolk. And the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, of the Lord came upon David from that day on. That started it from that day on. Forward. And so Samuel rose up, went back to the place of Ramah, the Spirit of the Lord, and then he talks about the different things that happened here, having to do with relationship, having to do with David. And so uh, Saul... He had an evil spirit that had bothered him, bothered him. And they said, bring in somebody to bring me a, a very skillful in music. So who was that? That was David. And uh, talked about the son of Jesse, David. And he told him that he was cunning and plain, mighty and valiant in war, a man of war, he's prudent, and the matters of a wonderful, good-looking person. And the Lord is with him. That's the most important thing, verse 18. The Lord was with David. And so Jesse, he took a donkey, laid it down with bread, found the wine, little kid, the son to Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him. And he loved him greatly. He became his armor bearer. David became Saul's armor bearer. Saul sent to Jesse and said, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he had found favor in my sight. Came to pass when that spirit came upon Saul, 
that David took a harp and played with his hand, and Saul was so refreshed, and that evil spirit left. So the basis of it, God speaks to men. And so what we're dealing with specifically, the words of destiny, we're dealing with location, hearing, hearing, hearing. How that the Spirit of God talked to Moses, then it talked to Joshua, then it talked to Caleb, then on down the line spoke to David. And so all these things were in line that God had already planned and purposed in his heart for mankind. And after that, because when that took place, now let's go on a little further. In 1 Samuel 17, he meets up with Goliath. And so everyone's afraid. David goes out there and tries to take some food to his brothers. And his brother said, we know how naughty you are. At the naughtiness of your heart, verse 28. The naughtiness of your heart. Did you come down here to see that, that you're going to see a battle? And David said, I haven't done anything. And so his brothers were angry with him. Finally, he started telling everybody what God had done through him and how that he killed the bear and how he killed the lion. And then he said, this uncircumcised Philistine, God's going to give us him. And so as he started talking about, he, he, then they tried to talk him out of it. said, wait a minute here. You don't know about this Philistine. He's been a man of war from his youth. And it began to explain to what he was like, Goliath. He was about 10 foot, 9 inches tall, and David might have been 4 foot 9. We don't know the size of David. It doesn't even say how small or how great he was. But this was a giant. And so he began to talk all about the history of the miracles that took place. The bear, the lion, and he said, this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. And Saul said unto David, the Lord be with you. Then Saul tried to arm David with his own armor. And he tried, it was so heavy upon him, it didn't fit. And said, I can't go this way. I've not proved them. So David put them aside. What did he do? He took his staff, he took his hand, he went down by the brook and picked out Five smooth stones. Here's the question. Why did David pick up five stones when he only needed one? Because David was going for the family plan. Because Goliath had four brothers. So he was going for all of them. He was going for Goliath. He was going for the brothers. He was going to take them out because of the Spirit of God. And then when he met Goliath, Goliath said, If you come to me and treat him like a dog... He said, you come to me, he said, I'm going to give your, your flesh to the fowls of the air, to the beasts of the field. And uh, then David said these mighty words in verse 45, look at 45. And David said to the Philistine, you come unto me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come unto you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You know what that means? I come unto you in the name of the Lord of battles. That's what it means, Jehovah Shabbat. I come to you in Jehovah Shabbat. <laughs> and then he said to him, he said, I will deliver your flesh to the fowls of the air, to the beasts of the field. And so that the assembly will know, verse 47, the assembly will know that the Lord doesn't say with a sword or spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hand. So David ran to meet Goliath. He put a stone in his hand. He put it in a sling. He started swinging around. And I believe the Holy Spirit took that stone and directed it because there was only one place that was not protected that was between his eyes. We're talking about Goliath. Only the place was between his eyes. And the Bible says that stone sunk in his head. But did you realize that stone did not kill Goliath? It wasn't until David jumped on top of Goliath and cut his head off. And when he had cut the head off, that's where the Philistines began to run for the lions because their champion was dead. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about listening to what the voice of God says. And when God says it, it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Talking about all these things. Now, the next word that we minister to have to do with our destiny is the word of action. Besides the word we have here in location, that God listened, they listened, they listened, they listened, and they followed the direction of God. We're talking about an action word. 
It actually what has to do with the word revelation. That revelation is working today. Ah, God is speaking to his church today. It comes by revelation. Speaking to a heart, speaking to a life, speaking inside of our being. That God is talking to his church today for blessing and for anointing and for glory and for victory and for, for deliverance and everything the church needs. The Lord is there. That's one of the names of the Lord, Jehovah Shammah. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm not hiding. I'm not to the right. I'm not to the left. I'm right in front of you. So we follow our Lord and Master, the Lord Jesus Christ, all the parts of our life. Hallelujah. Now notice this. This is talking about revelation. So everything that God gives to his children, and we know by revelation, we receive that word of revelation. For example, talks about, look in Genesis chapter 26. In Genesis 26, we have one of the mighty, beautiful relationships that God gives us, and this is talking about the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord that can and will come to God's people, talking about how the blessing can come and will come. In Genesis 26, it says there was a famine in the land. And so the Lord told him, he said, don't go down to Egypt. You live in the land which I'll tell you of. And I will be with you, and I will bless you, for unto you and your seed I will give all these countries, which I swear unto Abraham your father. And I will make your seed like multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed these countries. And in thy seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. We're talking about the Lord Jesus. That's what we're talking about right there. Mentioned about that. And so when he said that, that notice when we come all the way down through, look at verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. In what land? We're talking about the land of famine. We're talking about the land that they could not make it any other way. And God says, I'm going to bless you in that land. So Isaac sowed in that land and received in that same year. How much? A hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks, possession of herds, and a great store of servants. And the Philistines, type of the world, envied him. Ha <laughs> ha! Hallelujah. You've got to read all that like talking about that. A hundredfold return. What a wonderful thing that God has spoken to his church. We have to receive that by revelation that God can do it for you. If he did for him, he can do it for you. Now, turn over to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And this is the blessing chapter. The first 14 verses. Well, when you get away from 14, 15 to 68 are the curses. And I would want to show you something here. It's quite interesting. In that 28th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy... We do have one mention talking about the heavens of brass. It's because the heavens only become brass when you're disobedient to the word. The only time mentioned, the heavens are brass, meaning that the Lord would stop up the heavens. They would have no rain, therefore they could go into famine. We find this, talking about that, understand that, knowing what people should be doing and loving the Lord, and thanking God for all the things he's doing. So in those 14 verses, we're looking at those 14 verses, talking about the blessing of the Lord coming, coming, and causing the good things of heaven to come upon us. And I just want to talk just about a few of those things, having to do with the fact of what God wants to do today. He wants to bless his church today. He wants to anoint his church today. He wants good things to come to his church today. And cause the blessing of heaven to come. Not any cursing. Uh, that, that part I was thinking about, verse 23. The heavens that's over your head shall be brass, and the earth which is under you shall be iron. That's because of disobedience to the word. If they follow the word from verse 1 to verse 14, the blessing is there. But when they get outside of 14, from 15 to 68, came the curses. Because they did not obey the word of the Lord. This is what it says. It shall come to pass, if you listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. 
that all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. <laughs> that means run you down, run you over with the blessings. Now, what I call this, I call this the steamroller blessing. And he runs over us again and again and again and again. The steamroller blessing that he will run over us with all the good things. These blessings shall come on you and overtake you if you listen to the voice of the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed in the city. Blessed will be the fruit of your body. Uh, What's that? Hello? Okay, I'm holding. (laughs) Okay, do we lose a little contact there? Hallelujah. Okay. All is well, all is well. All is well. Okay, good. So we were speaking in Deuteronomy 28. We're talking about the blessings of the Lord from verse 1 to verse 14. And I'm reading and just talking just a little bit. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against you, smitten before your face. They shall come out against you one way and leave seven different ways. And then the Lord will command blessing upon you and your storehouses. God's going to bless you. In all that you set your hand to do, he will bless you in the land which the Lord thy God giveth you. The Lord shall establish a holy people unto himself. And follow all the things. So you're going to be plenteous and good, your body, your cattle, the ground. The Lord will open to you all his good treasure. And you will bless the work of your hand. And you will be a lender and not a borrower. How wonderful that is. And the Lord is going to make you the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. If. You listen unto the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Observe and do them. Then it says, 14 tells you, if you go away from this, then, and serve other gods to serve them, then here's what happens. All these things will take place, having to do with the curses, the curses of this, and then all the things that happen. You read from verse 15 to verse 68, all the different things. Terrible. So we need to have that revelation of prosperity inside our hearts. From Genesis 26, read it again. From Deuteronomy 28, and then look at Psalm 112. Psalm 112, talking about the blessings of heaven. What God wants to do for his children. How he wants to bless us. God wants to touch and bless and heal and anoint and cause the good things of heaven to come on us. And all we have to do is believe and receive. In Psalm 112 is one of my favorite psalms having to do with the fact of what God wants to do for his children now. You see, a lot of people believe this, that they say, okay, one day we're going to heaven. Well, honey, one day's not good enough for me. I'm believing that we are causing heaven to come down to this earth as we preach and as we teach and as the blessings of the Lord continue to flow from his heart and from his spirit into people causing healing, deliverances, glory, victory, uh, believing and receiving the blessing of the Lord. Here in Psalm 112, i got to read this to you, because it's, it's better than good. <laughs> so praise you, the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Now, that's godly fear. We can stay quite a long time with that. If you notice all the way through here, it's godly fear. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's what it starts at, the fear of the Lord. It delights greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. How many agree, if you're raising your hand right now, that it's better to be in our house than out of our house? Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and righteousness dirt forever. To the upright there arises light in the darkness. He's gracious, full of compassion, righteous. A good man shows favor and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be an everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. We've got that going on all the time right now. Not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees the desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed. He has given to the poor. Then he goes on to say, his righteousness endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved, gnash away with his teeth, build away the desire of the wicked shall perish. My, 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 my. In those ten verses, you have great revelation 
having to do with the fact of prosperity. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, 633. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. The addition that comes place, the multiplication that comes place, that correct word. So revelation. Then when Jesus was talking to his disciples, in Matthew chapter 16, he was asking them, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you're Elias, some say you're Jeremiah. And then he said to them, who do you say that I am? And Peter, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus said, flesh and blood is not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then he went on to say some mighty words regarding Peter. But the focus was not on him. It was Peter's confession. The power was the confession of the word of God. How that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Now, he's not talking about any particular church. He's talking about the believing in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That's what he's talking about. So the revelation Peter had, it took the information from God to the heart of Peter to give the correct word. Now, what about us today? Today, we need information, and we need the understanding how that our body is healed by the stripes of Jesus. By his stripes, we are healed. New Testament tells us, 1 Peter 2 and 24, by his stripes, ye were healed. Already in past tense, we need to have understanding and revelation of our salvation. Hallelujah. And all the way through, in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Hallelujah. All the way through the Word of God, talking about salvation. As many as believed in him, and then gave him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 1, verse 12. And we have it all the way through. In Acts chapter 4, 12. In Romans 10, 9 and 10. All these scriptures are so important that we understand it. For your unsaved loved ones, write down Acts 16.30. It has to do with the fact that God will save our loved ones, and I will, you know, save you and your house. Yeah, he was talking to the Philippian jailer. He said, not only you, but your house will be saved. That's what we hold on to and believe. Then from the Holy Spirit coming upon his children, causing blessings to come to us. We're talking about what God has done and has continued to do. From the promise of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28 to 32. You can read that. And have to do with the fact of Acts 1 and 8. Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be a witness unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and of the uttermost part of the earth. Then Acts 2 and 4, how the blessing came. Tells in Acts many times, all the way through the Word of God, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But what do you think? When Peter, when he started walking down, at this is Acts 5, how the very shadow of Peter healed people. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't know too many today that that has actually happened, that you're walking around town and your shadow starts healing people. That's going to get some attention by the news. <laughs> that would get everybody's attention, knowing that if you walk down the street, all we have to do is see your shadow and how we will be healed. But I got news for you. Those days are coming back to the earth again. And his power will be greater than lesser. I'm telling you. We've seen some mighty things and we have yet to see more. Hallelujah. That's what God wants to do. He wants to bless the blessings of heaven for seed, time, and harvest. Everything that we have. To knowing, to understanding, walking, in the relationship of his love. It's high time that we tap into the very realms of the Spirit called Revelation, asking the Holy Ghost to teach us, to guide us, and to direct our steps. The third word is the word liberty. It's a demonstration of freedom. That's what liberty means. It's a demonstration of freedom. Notice with me again. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61, we have one of the most powerful messages concerning what the Lord would do when he's on the earth. And what he said, actually, in the synagogue, talking about what God had done. He said, the spirit of the Lord God's upon me because the Lord hath anointed me 
to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Then he said to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of, of vengeance of our God. Comfort all that more. So in those scriptures in itself, they're talking about what Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. He, Jesus again came on the scene. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, said the very words that were spoken here in Isaiah. The very words that were spoken, but the place that he did omit was the fact that vengeance of our God. He didn't speak about that. He didn't talk about that. He talked about verse 1, talking about that particular situation. Now, what Jesus had and what we have is the word, the command of faith, that every miracle in the New Testament came by a word spoken. Someone had to say something. Watch and notice the words of Jesus. Remember in John 2, when Jesus came to the wedding of Cana, he just came to the wedding just as a guest. And Jesus' mother came to him and said, they're out of the wine. They don't have any more. Now, that would have been a great humiliation in that land. In that they would have never got over that. And so finally, he talked to his mother. He said, woman, my time's not yet. That he knew exactly what he was going to do. And then she said to the workers around about him, he said, now, whatever he says to do, do. And so Jesus says, fill it up with water and take out one of the ladles and take it and give it to the governor. And that's what they did. And commendation there. He said, when men have well drunken, they have drunken the old wine, but this is the best. And only those workers knew where the wine came from. Obedience will always bring fullness. Obedience will always bring fullness. Hallelujah. In the feeding of the 5,000, John chapter 6, counting the women and children, it could easily have been over 20,000 people. Talked about that. And then verse 11 of John 6 says, eat as much as they wanted to. As much, no limits and no boundaries. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. John chapter 90. Jesus meets with a blind man. He says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. He put mud in the man's eye. <laughs> he took a bunch of mud and put it in his eye. He had to walk all the way across Jerusalem to get to the place that Jesus told him to go, the pool of Siloam. So as he was making that travel, that journey, I'm sure they had a lot of people laughing at him with mud in his eye. But when he got to the pool of Siloam, he washed his eyes, and he was seen. They even took him to the Sanhedrin and said, what, what is this? Here's the man's testimony. He said, I don't know about the man. I don't understand all these things. All I know is this. Once I was blind, but now I see. That was his testimony. We're talking about demonstration. We're talking about the demonstration of the Word of God. That classic story that's found in John chapter 11 has to do with a man called Lazarus. And the most interesting part of that is this, that Jesus waited another two days. They tried to get him to come earlier, and Jesus stayed specially. And they asked him. They said, well, how's Lazarus? And he said, he sleeps. And finally they came back again and again and again and said, how is our brother Lazarus? Finally Jesus said, he's dead. And then Thomas was the only one who said, oh, go let us go die with him. Huh. Jesus had to reveal to the people that he's a resurrection life. So he took that extra day. And as he went back there, that's why they said he's stinking. They said, where is Lazarus? They had the tomb covered over, and he said, roll away the stone. And they rolled away. He said, but he's stinking. He's been four days. It's been four days. He rolled back away. And then what did Jesus do? He said, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, there's some out there that maybe have something in your life with dreams that God has given you, and they're dead. But Jesus is the resurrection of life. He will bring those dreams to pass. He will cause your visions to come forth by the power 
of his spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But when Lazarus came forth, he was all the way up the stairs. And Jesus said, lift him and let him go free. Take him out of his grave clothes. Take him out of his grave Look at the chain of command. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed at all. I tell you exactly what to do. In the name of Jesus, he talked to a man. Rise and walk. Acts chapter 3 and verse 6. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul, the same thing. Everywhere he went, he either had a riot or a Bible. Ah, either a riot or a Bible. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the move of God in their hearts and in their lives. Now, Jesus, we know, according to Scripture, he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. That means the Word will make us glorious. The Word will make us glorious. He's looking for a church that's full of faith, full of power, full of glory. And guess what? We are that church. He's coming back for that church. I want you to say these words with me, that we will be the church that knows its location. We will be the church that knows its revelation. We will be the church that knows the demonstration of his power. I want to read one more scripture to you, then we're going to go and we'll have commute. In Matthew 6.13, the last part of the prayer of the disciples was this. Someone called it the Lord's Prayer. It's really his prayer was in John 17. He said, the disciples said, teach us to pray. And so the last part here is what it says. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That's our God. So in those words, in those words that we have spoken to you today on location, revelation, and demonstration, these are the words of destiny. How they will heal you, how they'll set you free, how his glory will shine on you, and to let his blessing be part in your life. We're going to receive the Holy Communion. We're getting it ready, all ready here. I trust you have yours. If you're not, give a little time. But Sister Karen pointed out something to me most exciting in the book of John. And Jesus specifically said that he's the living bread. And uh, starting in verse 51 of chapter 6 of John, St. John, he said this. He said, I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. And if any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give him is my flesh, and I give it for the life of the world. And the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, very I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He's talking about spirit. And whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. You follow through that. Down to 58. He said, This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. But he that eateth this bread shall live forever. And he continued on that thought and that plan. Finally, they said to him, he says, that's a hard saying that you're giving to him. That is a hard saying. And verse 66 says it. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So it's a commandment for us to receive the Holy Communion. Not a suggestion. Not a if you want to. No, it's a commandment of him. And so as we see this, understand that. In Matthew 26, 26, we will start receiving the Holy Communion, and we will direct you with that. One of the most beautiful things that we have, receiving the Communion. In chapter 26 and verse 26, we read these words. 
And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples, said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Hallelujah. Now, we have seen people who have taken the Holy Communion and were healed. Several years back, I remember giving communion to a lady that had leukemia. She was in the last stages. And as we attended to her, several of the ministers and myself, we went to the hospital and prayed for her. And while she took the communion, after receiving it, she was totally healed. A week later, she went back to the doctor, and they could find no trace of leukemia by taking the communion of the Lord. Hallelujah. So we're seeing the very blessing of heaven come to people. If you've got sickness, put your hand where the sickness is. I'll rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I'll take authority over it. i come against every attack of the enemy in your mind, in your body, and in your heart. In the name of Jesus, we receive it. And we believe it in Jesus' name. If you're not saved right now, say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me with your precious blood. I thank you for dying on Calvary's tree. I thank you for setting me free. And now I believe in my heart. I've said with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are the Christ, the Son of God. In doing that, Lord, I believe that I am born again. I'm changed. I'm saved. Thank you, Lord for shedding your blood on Calvary for me. And I receive the fullness of everything you have done for me. In your name I pray. Amen. Friend, if you said that, you're born again. You're in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Healing is the children's bread. One of these times I want to talk about that. There's a whole series I do on that. Healing is the children's bread. But right now, we're going to receive the Holy Communion. Get yourself ready. We have ours ready. So Sister Karen's going to, she's going to be right here. I'll receive it. I'll give it to her. Hallelujah. She will in turn. Okay. All right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What I want you to do is hold that bread in your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you sent your son and you allowed stripes to be put on his back for our healing. We receive our healing today in the name of Jesus. Whatever sickness you have, whatever pain you have, whatever, whatever disease that you may have, in the name of Jesus, as we partake of the bread of life, we thank you that he was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. He was the living bread sent from God to us. And now as we partake of this bread, the life of God comes inside of us. Shall we eat together? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Everybody start praising the Lord. Give you praise and glory and honor for what he's done and what he continues to do. Take the cup. Hold that cup in your hand. We thank you against principalities, powers, might, and dominion. That you're over all. And the blood of Jesus has made us free. Made us free in our bodies, in our soul, and our spirit. And we can speak to every demonic force that they have to bow their knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' name, we proclaim liberty. And we drink. We drink. We drink. We don't forget. We drink. Shall we drink together? Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your wonderful, holy, precious name. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We bless your name. Your name is holy. Holy is the name of the Lord our God. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. 
if there's those listening right now that would like to ask questions, we receive them. We'll also pray for you at the end of what we're saying. So if you have a question, you may ask it and bring it through. We'll talk. And that's a good thing that you can do. And uh, I'm, I'm receiving a lot of information from the Fire Talk Radio and from the people working with it. And we do thank the Lord for this this time. I believe it's a season. It's a time. It's God is doing something in a special way. And so as we share our hearts, as we share that God, what God's given us, we desire to be more of a blessing than ever before. That is power and his majesty and all the things he's doing for us. So amazing. I mean, it's even beyond our imagination what God is about ready to do on the earth. Because that's what the word says. In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men, they shall have their visions. Your old men will have their dreams. And the handmaidens will be blessed. So he covered every segment of society. And they called them forth. That's what God is doing today. He's calling us out. Really what it means when we're coming out, coming out, coming away from, setting mankind free. The good news is setting mankind free. Uh, I was several years ago, heard this mighty testimony. And uh, this happened when we were in Indonesia. The man came to our church, a church that was there. This happened in the city of Surabaya, which is the second largest city in Indonesia, down by the coast. And as he came and testified to the goodness of God. So originally what had happened I was in this church. I didn't know that it was a not a non-Pentecostal church. So my interpreter, she began to make up her own message. And later, the people that came to me knew the difference between what she was saying and what was on my heart. So they came to me after the service. They said, we have a very large house. We want you to come to our house and give the message that's on your heart. So... We did that. Uh, somehow or another, the person that we had met was very wealthy. A huge house. Uh, I mean, it was huge. And so as we gathered together in this house, we, we must have had maybe over, over 60 people that showed up. Over 60. And uh, they were everywhere. And as I started teaching and preaching, the Spirit of God started touching people, healing them. Then what's kind of different over there than this here? Man is head of the uh, telecommunications, how you have to call in and, and then you have to kind of schedule the time that you're going to call. He was in charge of that. And he had been addicted to nicotine, to cigarettes, for over 35 years. He tried every kind of thing they had on the market. He didn't get better. He tried everything. But after that particular service that night, the power of God hit him and took the desire of nicotine out of the man. After 35 years of bondage, hallelujah, also in that service was a Muslim, and she had bleeding ulcers. These bleeding ulcers bothered her tremendously. And she looked up into the heavens and said, if you're really the real God, I need these ulcers to be healed. She felt the power of God touch her, going down from her head to her stomach area, went to the bathroom and checked everything out, and she was healed by the power of the Word of God. Now, we had other services in that house because we found that was a place of safety. That was a place where we could bring other people. And so as we continued there, what happened in a beautiful way, several services there. And so she came back and brought all her family. She brought her brothers. She brought her sisters. She brought her uncles and her aunts. Or you can name it. She brought a whole bunch of people. She said, this man has preached about this man called Jesus, and I have been healed by the man called Jesus. I want you to get some. So God saved them. He healed them. He delivered them by preaching the word of God. And we're seeing this happen all over the world, that God is doing things in such a great way. And it gets better all the time. I'm telling you what, it gets better all the time. So even though, and one of the things that 
This happened in about 2004. I was with Reinhard Balki with Nigeria. Of course, he was a speaker, and I was there just praying, and, and we had a numbers of people with us there, and we were encouraging, and, and we would go to prayer, and we would do everything that he wanted us to do. We were there. And so during that service, we had 200,000 people out in front of us, and uh, you could, as far as you could see, you just saw people. And uh, so the Lord spoke to my heart then. He said, son, what miracles you're seeing here in Nigeria, soon you'll be seeing them in the United States. And I said, oh, oh glory to God, hallelujah. As he spoke that word, I was looking forward to the day to see the miracles I saw in Nigeria. I'm seeing a little bit here, but it's going to increase. It's going to get greater. It's going to get more powerful than ever before. Because since Jesus, it could be on the horizon that his coming is soon. We know that. We know that. So the acceleration of time. Have you ever noticed that when you think about time, you start Monday, you go to Friday, how fast it is? How fast it is? What happens? The acceleration of time is upon us right now. And that acceleration of time, we're seeing things in a greater manner than we've ever seen before happen in the church realm. What God is doing today is so amazing and so wonderful, so glorious, and we're excited about it. We're seeing God operate in such a powerful, glorious way. And uh, we're seeing things happen right here in the United States, comparable to anything I've ever seen any place in the world. Now, when Karen and I, when we were down in Honduras, we saw the power of God, a great demonstration in Honduras. And I love Central America. I preached in Guatemala, I preached in Honduras, and I preached in, in uh, Guatemala, and I preached in, in Costa Rica, and different places all over the, the central part, the Central America. We've seen that happen. God's doing some great things. How people were healed, how people were blessed, how people were delivered by the power of the Spirit. And all the time we were there, even when we were handing out tracts and whatever we were doing, they were respectful. I never had anybody refuse me when I gave them a tract. They didn't pick it up and throw it down. They did it. They blessed. They did all these wonderful things. God was moving in a mighty way. In that one time period, what happened? During there, it was about 10 days, about 10 days, and during that time, and they had meetings at night, outdoor meetings. And in that time period, there were over 10,000 people born again. <laughs> huh? 12. Okay, 12,000 people born again. And to be corrected there. So we're seeing the hand of God all throughout the world. And why are not we seeing it right here? We're going to see it greater and greater and greater and greater. Preachers, you get ready. Uh, deacons, get ready. Associate pastors, get ready. Everybody that's in the ministry, get ready for the fire of God, the anointing of the Lord, the blessing that God is bringing from the north, the south, east, and the west. We're seeing things greater than ever before. Be quiet. We're living in the last days. But on the other side is what God is doing in the blessing. The devil operates in curses, and people are being possessed. People are being oppressed, causing all these things to happen in their lives. Now, anytime you watch television or anything like that, you're going to see that people are drawn to the supernatural. So if they're not in Christ, they're drawn to the supernatural on the negative side, on the demonic side. But I tell you this right now, that God is greater than any power of the enemy in any direction that we talk about. We've seen people set free. And we're seeing them be free now. Power and the spirit of the Lord. God's moving. God's moving. God's touching. God's healing. God's blessing. All the wonderful things our God is doing. Hallelujah. He just gets better all the time. It gets better all the time. What God is doing today. It's today. Hallelujah. We want you to call in for prayer. If you have particular needs, call in, call in, call in, call in. But I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, too, if you would have questions upon your heart, you may send them in. 
you can contact us. And, uh, generally, what they normally do is that you talk to the person that's helping us out here, and then you get that information, and then the information then is relayed to myself. So if you have questions, we'd love to answer your questions in any direction. What God is doing today, how he's blessing today, how his anointing is coming today. Uh, lately we were talking on praise and we are talking about worship and we are talking about different areas of proof. And it just gets better all the time. I'm telling you what, we're seeing things happen in such a mighty, powerful, glorious way. Uh, we're seeing things in greater measure than ever before. And uh, when, when you look at CTN television, talking about the Celebrate America with Dr. Rodney Howard and Donica Brown, how you're seeing that take place and how the city of Washington, D.C. is being shaken by the power of God. We believe the senators will be shaken. The congressmen will be shaken. Everyone in office shall and will be shaken by God's power. See, this country was founded on the very fact in God we trust. Founded on that, the founders of America. We go back in history and see how God has been with us from that point in time. Now, I know there's a lot of people saying, well, this is going to happen, this speech, or that's going to happen. No, I believe that God has a third awakening coming. Third awakening coming. That he will awaken us. Arise now, you sleep, but Christ will give you light. Those asking for prayer, those who are asking and needy and people's problems or whatever the distinction might be, whatever you call it, I know there's a God that hears and answers your prayer and will touch you, will heal you, will set you free by his power. Glory to God. By his power, by his majesty, by what he has called us. He has called us out of darkness into a marvelous light. Uh, I was just thinking about this a moment ago. Uh, uh, look over here, and I believe it's First Peter. First Peter, First Peter, chapter two, and verse nine. It's one of the amazing scriptures. It's powerful. Hallelujah. It says, "But you are a chosen generation, <laughs> a royal priesthood." a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're seeing that happen in such a measure that has been hardly ever spoken about. We're seeing these things happen. Then it goes on to say, which were in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. That means they were away from the blessing of the Lord and had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Tells us exactly what we're to do and how we're to do and watch this thing. But God is causing these things to happen because we have been redeemed. Now, go back there. First Peter one eighteen. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed or bought, with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vein or emptied conversation received by the traditions of your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. There you right there. The redemption. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Redeemed the grace and mercy of child that forever I am. It's an old-time song, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. God is doing things to the power of his spirit. We're excited about what he is doing for us right now. Healing, setting free, causing the blessing of heaven to come down upon us. Oh, glory, glory, glory. You know, uh, just lately I, I was reading some material on John Lake in the I don't know exactly who was the author, but I think it was himself. He was writing about the miracles that took place all over the world. And uh, he went to a place where they did not receive him in the spirit. That means that they didn't understand what he was operating in. And so one of the little girls, her grandfather, was dying of cancer. And the cancer was placed on his face. It was a hideous thing, 
and it even had quite a, a putrid smell. And so the little granddaughter, maybe five years old, climbed up on her granddad's lap and said, Granddad, this man that's going to pray for you, the one I'm talking to right now, he's seen many people healed. I believe you can be healed. But Granddad, may I pray for you? And you know, being a grandfather, you know how that touches you. And so the little girl, she placed her hands on her own grandfather. On the cancer, on the cancer, she placed her hands on the cancer and just said a sweet prayer to Jesus. She said, Jesus, you're my granddaddy. Don't let him die. Don't let him die. Touch him, oh God. Just a simple prayer. Within 20 minutes, that cancer had shriveled up and died. And the man's face was totally healed by the prayer of a five-year-old child. <laughs> We're coming back to those days again. To see that kind of demonstration of the power of Almighty God, that the children will be praying. The young people will be praying. The older people will be praying. We will all join in the wonderful sound of prayer, praising the wonderful name of the Lord our God. Yeah. Okay. For the Lord bless you. We're going to have another word of prayer. If you'd like to contact us, you can be available. Father, in the wonderful, holy, precious name of Jesus, we bless your name. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for healing. We thank you for joy unspeakable and full of glory. We thank you for peace and righteousness. Now, we ask your blessing on all those listening right now, that their hearts will be blessed, encouraged, and lifted up, that the good things of heaven will come upon them. Now, we thank you for it, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. And don't forget, Monday night we'll be back on again, talking about the good things of heaven. At 8 o'clock. At yeah, 8, 8. Yeah, right about that time. So we're excited about what God's doing right now, how he's blessing, how he's causing good things to happen. And the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. So you be blessed, body, soul, and spirit. Be blessed right now. And keep that blessing inside your heart, inside your life, to let the good things of God come upon you and overtake you according to Deuteronomy 28. Be blessed, my friend. Be blessed. Bye now.